Welcome to the Trying to Be Better podcast with Joel and Steve. It's all happening. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Trying to Be Better with Joel and Steve podcast. Hi, I'm Joel. I'm Steve. And, I don't know uh, why, but I just stifled my laugh. You made me self-conscious. Yeah, last week. you kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. The, the that was laugh, forced. That was even forced. The laugh is part of it, dude, because Matt made that fan art about your laugh and yeah. Jeff Bridges laugh. You well, can't hold, and don't hold that to, back up to tonight like yeah. it's just happened naturally and tonight and now I've been, i was thinking about it so now i don't know i think we should just quit no dude you gotta laugh i'm gonna we we're gonna get you to laugh that jeff bridges laugh okay all right well see to, now, to now, your you're, now you're now it's gonna be a forced thing it's gotta happen organically man it'll okay. happen again it's it, fine let's happen. move on let's let's move on <laughs> uh <laughs> don't ever hold back your laugh that's all i'm gonna say thank you toot your hooters i'm gonna toot my hooter okay all right but now uh, speaking of though apparently we have like a copyright conflict yeah we need to reach out to <laughs> this instagram account uh that is it's uh, for woodsy the owl and his yeah, motto woodsy is the owl hashtag toot your hooter did they put the hashtag in there yeah that's the title oh of the post. my god see what i'm saying so either we're in trouble or he's in trouble so it's woodsy the owl's birthday and it yeah. says as regional forester of region seven he wants to remind everyone to toot your hooter on pollution lend a hand care for the land give a hoot don't pollute so now i'm all for i'm all for that all for it but i, I feel like should, i think we should let him use the hashtag out of a we sense can partner of, with if we could get we're gonna let's try to get woodsy the owl on and then we'll also try to get uh what's the um the date what's that what's the other one the Smokey um, the bear yeah Smokey the bear we'll get Smokey the bear okay. and woodsy the owl on we'll have a panel <laughs> to your hooter oh my god give a hoot don't pollute everybody um you can find us on the old instagrams at trying to be better podcasts you can also email the show ttbbpodcast at gmail.com. Steve is so good at that. Please, I'm getting, I just want to be like Armando, man. He, I, I'm dude, just trying to, his, his voice is so buttery, so buttery oh smooth. I know. Yeah. Armando McLean, who was on recently, two weeks ago, yeah. he recorded an intro for us. That's him at the top of the episode. Steve, you have to use that forever now. I, I, it's fine. I, I, I intend to. Good. Um, well, good. Uh, that's, I think we did all the things. Yeah, I think so. Let's get on to our, our very wonderful guest. We have an amazing guest tonight who is a professional actor. She is a dear friend of mine from graduate school. Yet another, uh, Cal arts alum that was with me in grad school. We're just plucking all the Cal arts pals. Sure. Um, but, uh, our, my, my dear friend, Ann Yatko is here and she's been doing a lot of really cool things in the world of voiceover acting. Um, but she's just all around an amazing, amazing human being. So will you please give a big TTBB welcome to Anne Yatko. Hi. Hi. Oh, it's so nice to be here. <laughs> it's such a joy to have you. Cause like we were just saying before we hit record that like yeah. you and I haven't really connected since, I mean, we, we chat here and there on social media. Maybe we yeah. texted a few times, but 
like I, you guys came to California. It was a couple of years ago now. And that was the last time I saw you guys. Yeah. That was like, I don't know, four or Gosh. five years ago or more. Yeah. Maybe time less. Flies. Yeah. And so it's just good to get, to, this is a great excuse to get to talk to you. So I'm really glad you're here. I know. Yeah, no, I'm super pumped. <laughs> um, what uh, you, you, okay. We're just going to dive right in. Cause yeah. why not? Um, where I, I think I know some of the answers to these questions, but for the sake of our audience, mm-hmm. where do you hail from? Where, where did you, where did you grow up? And uh, what was, what was significant about your early formative years? Ah, okay. Well, I was born in Phoenix. Uh, my parents are both Filipino and my father is a, he's a project engineer or he was, he retired a few years ago, project engineer for a big company called Bechtel Power Corporation. I know and Bechtel. Yeah. They would send him all over the place uh, to work on these power plants. Mm-hmm. So he was a startup engineer for power plants. And for the first like seven or eight years of my life, we moved around a lot. Mm. So we probably, he'd probably spend a year working on a power plant and then we moved to a new place. So I've lived in Phoenix. Uh, where do we move to? Georgia. I've lived in Miami. I lived uh, also a, a second place in Florida that was close to the, my dad worked at the Kennedy Space Center for, oh, wow. for a year. Cool. Um, Pennsylvania. I did that out of order, but that's fine. And <laughs> and then we moved to Illinois. And then when we moved to Illinois, my dad started getting jobs that were um, like off the school year. Hmm. So I was in third grade and my brother was in kindergarten. Kindergarten, yeah. And uh, he started getting jobs that were six months, nine months. 15 months. And so like, it never quite coincided. So my mom, just my mom and dad decided to keep us in Morris. We would use it as a hub. And my dad would go off to these jobs across the country and eventually like internationally. And he would just come home whenever he could. So if it was, if for example, he was working in Kentucky or like, uh, where's another place he worked like North Carolina, he'd try to like drive home like once a month or once every other month so mm-hmm. that we could, you know, spend, spend a good weekend together. Um, and then we'd spend all of our school holidays with him wherever he was. So like I got to go to Kentucky or uh, North Carolina. My dad worked in, in England for a year. So I got mm. to go to England when I was like in the eighth grade. When I was in high school, he worked in the Philippines for a year. So I got to go to the Philippines when I was 16, which was wow. like a big deal, like going to see, you know, the place where my my family is from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I haven't been back since, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. Uh, but you know, all of that kind of like had a huge impact on me growing up because for the most part, we were a two parent household, but functionally a one parent household for, Mm -hmm. for much of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, my parents did such a good job of like making sure that my dad was like still in our life. Like he would call home every night. We would always at least have to give him the rundown of the day at the end of Mm -hmm. the day and just say hello so that, you know, it was never like, oh, dad just lives so far away. No, he's checking in all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just my parents, me and my brother in this small town in Illinois. Um, so you got, you kind of landed in Illinois. Yeah. How old are you? You said third grade, fourth grade. Yeah. So I was like eight years old when we moved to Illinois. Uh, and then I, I we stayed there. We stayed there. We haven't. What was the town? Moved. It's called Morris. It's a small town called Morris, Illinois. It's about an hour and some change of drive, you know, outside of Chicago. Uh, we're like just southwest of the southwest suburbs, if you okay. will. Okay, all right. Yeah. Southwest of the southwest. 
yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, you know, I went to grade school and high school in Morris, Illinois. Good place to grow up, quiet town. Oddly enough, this town had two, two or three other Filipino families oddly enough. Hmm. So we had like a little community that we had there, you know, plus like all the friends he had growing up. But, um, you know, I, I went to, I forgot what the prompt was, but I'm just gonna keep going. I went keep to Market going. University. We're just, we're just hanging on your every word. And I went to Market University and I, yeah. I, I graduated with a degree in biomedical engineering. I'm glad you, I'm glad you got into that. Cause I yeah. remember like our first year of grad school, it'd be like, yeah, I studied theater. I studied theater. So, or, you know, like I think Andy Asidas had been working for a few years before yeah. going to grad school. And you were like, uh, I studied biomedical engineering. And it was like the record scratch. We're all yeah. like, what? <laughs> so talk to us about talk that. to us about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, graduating from high school, uh, you know, I was an honor student. I graduated salutatorian and I, the plan was to uh, be pre-med and go to medical school and become a doctor. That's like, I feel like every Asian parent's dream, right? <laughs> uh, and I, I was more than happy to do that. That seemed like the right thing to do. Uh, but at the same time I was doing, I, I took singing lessons all throughout my childhood. I took piano lessons. I was in speech team, drama club. I did the school musical. So like I was performing all throughout high school, grade school and high school. Um, and when I got to Marquette's campus, like the first week on campus, I was like, oh, I want to see what plays they've got going on. So I literally like walked down to the theater and I'm just like looking around, trying to get like information about what play might be happening that I can go watch. And some senior comes up to me, excuse me, <laughs> and he just like flat out just asks me if I would be in his senior thesis play because he just, he was doing Oedipus Rex. Mark Burgess oh. was doing Oedipus Rex and he just needed two girls to come in at the very end of the play to play uh, Antigone and his Mene and cry on Oedipus's lap as he, uh, right before he exiles himself, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I said, uh, sure, what's the rehearsal schedule like? <laughs> and so it was like these like late night rehearsals. So I just bring my like calculus homework or my physics homework or whatever to the green room, you know, while they, while they're rehearsing the play. And then, you know, when it was my turn, we'd go on for the one scene and that was it. But like, I met my best friend on that play because she played the other daughter, Carolyn Bakuber. I'm sorry, Carolyn Flanagan. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, I, and that started my love of theater at, at Marquette. And then I just kept going back and then I kept mm. getting cast in plays. And then, <laughs> uh, eventually my teachers said, you should go to grad school. So you do, were you taking acting <laughs> yeah. classes too? So I took so like, yeah, I took all the acting classes and I also took like theater history, play analysis. I, I was, I worked in the costume shop. That was my, that was my, that was my work study. Mm -hmm. I was in the cost. I worked in the costume shop for my last couple of years of school. Mm. Um, so like I was very, very active in the theater program. I just couldn't graduate with the degree because I wasn't going to join a whole second college. Right. Like there's a whole set of core core classes that don't line up with the core classes for engineering at all. Right. right. Uh, so I did all that, which is crazy to think like how much how much time I spent doing that and not my own homework. But, <laughs> but somehow you got the degree. Somehow, right? somehow I, mean, I got the degree. I, I graduated cum laude. So like I did something right. Seems to have worked out. It worked out okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, so what was your reaction when these professors were like, you should go to grad school and study more? Were you like, are you nuts? I'm, or were, was it, did it seem like the next indicated right action? 
well, I was kind of like at a crossroads, right? Because senior year, it's like, if you're pre-med, you're thinking about the MCAT. Or if you're an engineering student, you're thinking about, oh, I should be getting an internship and thinking about um, getting employment right after college. And like, none of that sounded fun to me. None of that sounded like right. Like I was just, at that point, just kind of going through the motions to get this degree done. And then Phyllis Ravel, God rest her soul says, you should go to grad school, do the Erdos. So I did Mm. the university slash resident theater association. I did the same thing when I had to do the acronym with, with Armando. I was like, I think it's association. Yeah. Association? I it well, I had to ask what it was. So I'm glad I actually knew what that was, Anne. Hey. <laughs> Good. But yeah, uh, for anyone who didn't listen to Armando's podcast right, episode, uh, the Erdos is like this collection of like, what, 30 something, uh, uni- 30 something yeah. colleges and or like resident theaters mm-hmm. so we're talking like regional theaters or summer stock that kind of a thing mm-hmm. that send representatives out uh to big cities like san francisco chicago new york i mm-hmm. think that was it yep. and you people would like go to go to one of these cities they'd sign up for the audition and you do one audition for all 30 universities yeah. so like wow. for the cost conscious you know consumer that seems like a great idea <laughs> a lot of bang for your buck a lot of bang for your buck exactly and also at the same time that weekend uh there like a lot of the other like ivy league or like notable universities also sent representatives out to do their own auditions so like yale had one or mm-hmm. um uh, nyc had one juilliard i, I think has juilliard one. had one yeah mm-hmm. so like my friend my my friend uh did the juilliard audition he ended up going to juilliard i uh auditioned through the Erdos and I also did NYC. Uh, but CalArts was my first interview after the audition. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave the, I had to leave to go back to Milwaukee for rehearsal that night. I could only go to two, two interviews. Oh, wow. I don't and, think I know this. Yeah. I could only go to two interviews. So I interviewed with Marissa from CalArts and right. then I forgot the name of the representative from the university of Montana. Oh, wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I had to like, just leave my headshots with the other like four or five representatives who, you know, wanted to interview me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank, thank God I, that Marissa was my first one because, mm-hmm. you know, we totally vibed instantly. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, we did like an exercise. We just <laughs> chatted about like what I, what I was interested in. She like laid out like CalArts is very experimental. We're going to, you know, we're going to mm-hmm. do like these things. And I said, that sounds completely different from everything I've ever done. I'm very interested in whatever that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then I got in. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, I just remember, yeah, the exercise that it was in my audition, it was Nataki and <sighs> Marissa and they're mm-hmm. like, can you do your monologue? But could you kneel on the floor and <gasps> open your arms? That's what and I did. Like, close your eyes and see yes. a white light and then do your monologue and then tell us what you feel. And I was like, yeah, this sounds great. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly what I did. And I, <laughs> I think thinking, they were just testing to see if we were even willing to do something exactly, that weird. Exactly. <laughs> and I remember being like, this seems weird, but also like I'm feeling things. And yeah. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so great. But, so um, how was, I mean, I, I, I want to, I'm just curious. Yeah. I don't know that I, I know this, but was and were were was your family pretty excited about this shift in path for you? Were they, they very supportive? Were they skeptical? Were they, they were very skeptical. Yeah. I wouldn't say like they were mad at me because sure. I got the degree. Like right. I kept telling them, like, "Hey, 
I have this degree. I can always use it. And I ended up using it. <laughs> right. Uh, and so my parents were like, okay, but are you sure you want to go into debt? Because, you know, you leave CalArts with like $100,000 in debt. Sure do. Sure do. <laughs> and I said, you know, there's this thing called student loans. People do it all the time. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And apparently I was confident enough that it uh, left them okay okay to send me off and when I when I went to CalArts my first year like I found like a a Filipino woman off of Craigslist who was renting a room so that Mm -hmm. made them feel a lot better about like driving Uh, me out there to leave me with a Filipino person you know like it feels okay at least she's not like going off with a complete stranger right right Hmm. that's cool yeah yeah Uh, when we when Joel's said that you were gonna do the show tonight uh he kind of apologized for like front-loading all these cal arts people <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like no 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 like i don't the only thing i know about cal arts is from joel and now some of the people that have been on the podcast but yeah it just sounds like an amazing wonderful place uh weird and wild and you know uh really yeah. kind of on the edge of a lot of things and so i the more that i get to hear the better so and I think for a lot of people that listen to this podcast, it's interesting stuff. So I'm, yeah, maybe uh, so maybe I'm give really us... talking to Joel when I say no need to apologize. Okay, good. Because <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. get I can get really nerdy about it because it was very formative. Yes. Same. But maybe if we say maybe if we push them enough, they'll give us, you know, a discount on our loans back or something. Maybe they'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep dreaming. Dude. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. I just remember. So what... What's it? Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Oh yeah, no, like first day at Kell Arts, like we had that big all school meeting with yeah. uh, the Dean at the time, Eric N, mm-hmm. who I love, I love so much. And I remember he just, he started talking and I was like, I only know every like fifth word you're talking about, but I want to be here. Yeah, I remember, th- <laughs> I remember hearing him speak about performance yeah. and speak about the school and just, you know, the possibility that, you know, like, like Armando mentioned, like, make art, make it in the hallways, make it in the, make it in the rafters, make it on the lawn, like mm-hmm. make performance, you know, now's your time. And it, you know, I, I had a, I had a really scary week leading up to starting school. Uh. I was like, you know, I got this weird call or letter from the financial aid office saying, Hey, we don't have all of your loans approved and all this stuff. And I remember a good friend of mine, Brandon being like, we were sitting, <laughs> we were sitting in a meeting on Friday night, and he's like, "Well, worst case scenario is you're back here at the same place a week from now. Like, if they <laughs> if they tell you to go, like, you'll be right back here. You'll be okay." So I'm like, "Okay." I went out there with like a hope and a prayer, and had to like oh, beg for extra money because I was like <gasps> kind of broke. And so that whole week was like I was staying in the dorm, but I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get to stay here. Oh, and I so, see. I didn't know that. Yeah, all of I don't know if anybody knew that, but I Dang. I got all of my shit figured out. At, like that day and then we had to be at that meeting oh wow and so I, to hear him talk like that and then to meet all you guys and then to uh i don't know we'd probably there was probably some sort of social and um mm. that's where i saw brett walden who i went to undergrad with who was oh, a year ahead of us mm-hmm. and he tackled me on the lawn and it was like i instantly <laughs> felt went from i don't know that i'm gonna be here to i'm home you know Aww. so it was like this great introduction so i when you mentioned eric's first you know, all school meeting. I, I was like, Oh yeah, I was really in the spot where I'm like, I don't, I think I'm in love with this place, but I don't think I can stay. Like oh I wasn't sure I was going to get to stay. So that's wow. a spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like you're like so close and yet so far kind of. Yeah. I'm like, this is like, this is like, you know, my dream school to be at right now. And I can already tell that it's the vibe that I want to have, but mm-hmm. I may not get to stay. And then it was like ironed out that day. Dang. So did, did you guys start school at the same time at CalArts? Like same class, yep. same year, your classmates? Yeah. How yeah, did we you start- two meet just like in a class? We, how, well, I remember meeting, I met, I met Joy Winans uh-huh. first. Yeah. She was the first person I got to know. And I met Will. Mm. And then Jackie, I found out Jackie was in our year and she was smoking. Jackie, who is, yeah. she passed away our, our, the summer between our, our first and second year. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the first person I met. Jackie was? Yeah. I'm, I, I just remember meeting Jackie and then really kind of getting attached to Jackie because she yeah. smoked so that <laughs> her and I were just out smoking a lot, you know? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you met Jackie first? I, she was the first person in our class that I met. And I remember being like, oh, this, this girl, this girl is so cool. I'm, okay. We're going to be, we're going to be okay here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm, I miss Jackie. Me too. I, I just got really wistful. I was like, I, Me wish, too. I, could, I wish I could have Jackie on, you know? <gasps> Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Those were really important days though. Cause we were all kind of like, what are we about to sign up for? What are we about to do? Mm-hmm. But we're all like, we, we were, we were tighter than uh, I think a lot of other classes. I think, I think I, I think heard so things too. like the class ahead of us, like gave us shit because we were so, we were just, we would go everywhere together. We'd go to eat together. We'd mm-hmm. hang out, we'd party together. Like we were really tight. Yeah. I, I we think Mar- awesome Marissa unit. even said something about it. She was like, you guys are too friendly or something. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember from that, from that first year? What do you remember from, I guess maybe what, what do you remember Ugh. from your time there? I mean, is there I, a way to even put that? I don't know. Yeah. I was gonna say, how do you quantify all that? Like, to, like for me, um, because I didn't have a, I didn't have like a formal like theater background. I spent the entire time just like soaking up as much as I could just Mm -hmm. like, and I took as many, I honestly, I think I remember taking extra classes. I took as many classes as I could, like even like outside of our metier Mm -hmm. just to be like immersing myself in stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, I, I just remember like, I just remember like all that, like incremental growth, you know, like, yeah. You know, like uh, Fran Bennett, mm. who passed away uh, mm-hmm. very recently. She mm-hmm. was our voice teacher, and she was a taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of a frightening woman, but like yeah. in in like the coolest way. Uh, and I, I I recently described her to somebody. I said she she scared the crap out of me for in the best way. Yeah, like I I I got scolded by her once. Were you there for that? I don't think so. I showed up late to her class because I decided to, I agreed to do this student film in the morning Mm. before our voice class. And they kept me longer than they said they would. So I had to be late. So I just missed the, I was like, well, I'd rather just miss the whole class than show up late. So, but I showed up after all of you were walking out and you all like, Hey, where were you? Where were you? And I was like, "Uh Oh, I'm in deep shit. And Fran (laughs) was like, I said, yeah, I did the student film, blah, blah, blah. And she said, whatever you could have learned in that student film couldn't compare to 10 minutes in my class. You know, like she was just like, <laughs> boom, you know, like, yeah. Fran, Fran Bennett. Uh, we love you. She, she passed yeah. away just the other day, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw 
a number of tributes to her on social media through yeah. these channels and yeah that's seems like a pretty big loss so my yeah, she was she affected everybody in the acting program there like mm-hmm. i mean there was not anybody that i don't think you all had to, we all had to take while we were there had to take yeah voice everyone with had her. to take voice with her what well, do you as a voice i mean i'm totally fast forwarding but now i'm oh, curious yes. that we're talking about fran Let's like do it as a as a voice actor now getting a lot booking a lot of gigs as a voice mm-hmm. actor what is well i kind of feel like i saw the the formation of your voice acting work in denise woods's class as well oh in speech yeah yeah um but uh what have you gleaned from that that you still utilize in your work today i mean i still do I've cobbled together for myself, like, like a, like a good, like five, five, 10 minute warm up that I can do using all the stuff that we learned, you know, touch, you know, (laughs) touching the pool of vibration, vocalization, like all that stuff, scales, runs, all that stuff. I've, I've basically like synthesized all the things I've learned over the years and like put together for myself, what works to get me from morning froggy voice to okay i'm ready to 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 make weird sounds with my voices <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's something you can kind of you can count on right i mean you, yeah. you do that the, the training has served you Thankfully. even if your agent was like hey we we need you to record something today or like oh, right yeah. now you mm-hmm. could yeah you have the tools at your disposal yeah yeah i'm so thankful for that from yeah. cal arts yeah 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 good training mm-hmm. so Go ahead, Steve. Well, I'm just I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I am curious about this this voiceover work that you oh, do. Sure. Um, how did like how did I guess that start coming up? What was your career trajectory post Cal Arts? Because that was, you know, a little while ago to today. Oh yeah. Joel, it's <laughs> what year <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> right now, I think it's 2021, it's 2021 although yeah. I can't believe that. <laughs> I know. And uh we've we known graduated- each other. 2009 yeah yeah so i've known you since 2006 what? that's 15 years man that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing that's kind of mind-blowing i know you but, said that you yeah. used you ended up using your your um biology degree later or is oh, that, yes. so how yeah. did that work out okay cool yeah so uh let's see kel arts uh there was like a little bit of a, a dip into like voiceover stuff in our scene in our senior year, in our third year with Denise Woods, our speech mm-hmm. teacher, because she's also a, a voice actress. And so like she kind of was teaching us some of the techniques, getting us like dipping our toes in in terms of like commercial work. So like mm-hmm. that kind of started started like my interest in voiceover stuff. Sure. Kind of put that away for a while. Then uh, leaving CalArts, I got uh, I got my equity card right 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 off the bat because I did this show. I did this production of Medea starring Annette Benning. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, it was a joint production between CalArts and UCLA, uh, where they uh, took women from both programs to make up the Greek chorus in the play. So we got to do this professional play, got our equity cards, professional pay with like Annette Benning and like some like really like world-class actors. Is the equity card, is that like a union card? Yeah. It's the union card for, okay. for theater. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And then realized, oh, okay, now I have to like make money to like survive so that I can do theater in LA, which most of it is like 99 seat theater, which is 
okay with equity, but it doesn't pay much of anything at all. I was going to um, say, did, did having the card right away hurt you? In, or did you feel like it limited you from more gigs? No, just, no, especially because in LA, most things for the, for the longest time have been 99 seat theater. Right. In which case you could be both equity and non-equity to right, be right. in a play. What is 99 seat theater like a, a cutoff? It's like a special agreement, yeah, that says if you have 99 seats or fewer in your house, you can operate under this special like set of rules. Sure. Okay. Um, and hire both union and non-union actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't honestly to this, but at this moment, can't remember like what the current status is on all of that because I haven't. Well, it's been a couple of years since I've done any theater, so yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been out of it for a bit. We've all been out yeah. for a bit. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. So I did that, and then realized I needed to start making money to pay back my loans, which were going to start going into effect. So I decided to rely on my uh, engineering degree, and I kid you not, I found a job on Craigslist that wasn't a scam, and it was as a forensic scientist. And I did that for like seven and a half years. So I, uh, uh, to preface this, it's not like CSI, what I did specifically. Uh, I classified it as doing accident reconstruction. So wow. imagine, imagine you got into a car accident. Uh-huh. So say you rear-ended the car in front of you in traffic, right? I don't you have guys... to imagine that. I can relive it. You're right. <laughs> sorry, yes. sorry. So yes. <laughs> no, no, no. So can I. Uh, so you, know, you get out of your car. You take your pictures. You change your, your insurance information. And then you report it. And then it usually goes away, right? They, they take care of it. Money gets exchanged as necessary. And you go on with your lives. But sometimes the person who was hit uh, is hurt or says they got hurt. And now they want money. So then your insurance company goes to you and says, oh, well, now we are going to have to go into, you know, discussions with them about like, how much are we going to uh, pay for their medical bills? And then if it's not enough, then they will sue you uh, for the money for their medical bills. And then now it goes not just through insurance company, but through lawyers who are attached to the insurance company. And now it's a lawsuit. And now, one of those lawyers, either your lawyer or their lawyer, would hire a, an expert witness, mm. like my boss, my former boss, to take a look at the evidence, do some math, do some science. Uh, <laughs> sprinkle some science sprinkle on Sprinkle some it. science on it. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> you know, taking a look, at, especially with car accidents, like you look at the evidence, you've got the car, you've got the crutch, crush damage, you've got all this information that you can glean from it. And then, you know, there's... Uh, there's formulas and there's ways to kind of get to an idea of like, how did the accident happen? How much force, what direction of was the force being applied? Uh, and then, then you look at the person, what are they saying is happening? What are their medical, what do their medical records look like biomechanically? And this is where I come in. Does it look like that injury is consistent with the forces at play that you have also calculated regarding the accident? Or so now, maybe when you get down when you get down to this level, it does sound like CSI to me. It sounds a little, a little bit, bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but there's the like no, there's like no blood splatter. There's no, <laughs> okay, <laughs> no bullets enough. being shot through like some sort of like agar. No, <laughs> <laughs> no like weird one-liners at the end, and then the who yeah. starts playing. There, there was like a that. severe lack of quips. I have to say. Dang it. <laughs> Although our, a, our 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 classmate uh, yes. Deanna Reasonover is on NCIS right now, we should have her on. To, yes, we should we have should. you and her on to like 
<laughs> is this really true? Do they do it well? That would be interesting. That would be interesting. That's so funny. Yeah, no, Diana is amazing. Yeah, she's I love great. Her. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be the tour to Cal Arts pretty soon here, Steve. Sorry about Might it. Might as well. We're, we'll just Go change the, the name of the podcast. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just be here drinking my bubbly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so you did, but you did that work for several Seven, years yeah. and it kind of paid the bills for a while, right? It paid the bills for a while. And at the same time I was doing theater. So I was doing a lot of like 99 seat theater, mm-hmm. making connections out here. I took some voiceover classes. I cut a demo. I cut my demos for commercial and uh, like a character demo reel. Mm-hmm. And I, I booked like some, um, booked like my first video games. Mm-hmm. They were like these uh, like online MMORPGs that were like from Korea but like they were looking for, you know, English actors to do the dub for it. And I like, mm-hmm. they cast me and then I would, they would send me more casting listings and I would so like get cast every once in a while for that. Is that through an agent? Is that nope, like this was all house? by myself? How did all you, how did you think, you know, I want to do voice dub over for Korean video games. How did that, how does that come? <laughs> to your, yeah, I how found, do you find that oh, yeah, yeah. on LA? So for acting like actors in LA, there are some like casting websites where you can mm-hmm. sign up for it. You put all of your information and your headshots in, and then they send you, um, you can, or you can look at the database of um, casting calls based on like what's out there. And sure. I found that casting call and I submitted and then they, and and then they liked me and they hired me, uh, <laughs> which is cool. Sure. So I did that. And then that one of those video games kept coming up every once in a while because they'd be like, oh, we have new content. We, and one of your characters is in it. We'd like you to come in and record those new lines. And they were jumping around studios here and there. And then at some point they ended up at this one studio called Splice Bread, which is over on the West side in LA. And um, I did my like lines for whatever, but the the director there must've really liked me because he then put me on a list where he sent me auditions for other projects that they had coming through their studio. And then I got cast in a few more things. And then eventually they uh, asked me to, then at one time they just asked me to come in and do additional voices on an anime. And I was like, oh, anime. I remember anime from, I remember I watched, I watched Sailor Moon when I was a kid. Sailor Moon, yeah. I watched, I watched Dragon Ball Z. I know, I know the animes. <laughs> <laughs> like I did like a couple of like additional voices and that was my first time dubbing. So like I got to learn um, on the fly, like how to dub mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's, it's a lot of like timing. It's, it's a lot of just like being able to, to do multiple things at once. Yeah. Right. So when you're dubbing uh, mm-hmm. an anime, uh, do you do that live? Do they just kind of let it roll and you have your translation or whatever, or do you do it like sentence by sentence by sentence or how does that, how does that work? Uh, every studio works a little bit differently, but generally it's like you take it like sentence by sentence or little chunk by little chunk. Right. Sure. Um, and the way most studios that I've worked with have done it is like, okay, they'll preview what the scene is about or, or what the line or couple of lines are about. And then you kind of have to do a very quick thing where you're like, okay, who's my character? What are they doing? Why are they saying it? Uh, also take stock of like, how long did they speak? Were there any like weird mouth flap things where they have to like stop talking in the middle? And usually in the translation script, there's like little markings that they make to help you kind of like to help guide line. you through that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, you take stock of all that <laughs> after watching the preview. Then they say, okay, now take one. And then they'll they'll beep you in. So they'll you'll hear the original Japanese beep, beep, beep. And then they drop out the Japanese and then you lay in your dialogue in there. Mm. 
and then they'll do a little futzing around because you know it's impossible to get it like exact you know what I mean like yeah but you're trying to get it in that slot generally you know then they there if it's if it's great then it's great and if not you'll redo it or they might have to rewrite the line to make it fit fit better to fit the picture better oh. um yeah and then rinse and repeat for the rest of the episode <laughs> <laughs> Did, uh, I'm very curious this is kind of an inside baseball question but yeah do they give you the entire script or do they just give you the, the text that's yours to say for that particular moment? Uh, do you get to kind depends. of know the, yeah, that's what it I would want. It, like, it depends. You- it honestly depends on the studio and kind of like how, how their workflow is doing for mm-hmm. that thing. Like, so I, I've been working a lot with Studiopolis lately. Uh, that's the studio that did the dubbing for Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, and I'm working on To Your Eternity with them right now. Oh, mm-hmm. and another show. But um, they give me, because we're doing it all remotely, like they'll send me the full script like oh, nice. in advance. And so like when I'm in my session, because I record from home mostly, um, I can pull up my script and I have the entire script so I can see the context of all the lines. Uh, and then we'll just keep going line through line through line. But sometimes some studios, you know, if, if for whatever reason, they'll just send me just a, a PDF that has only my lines. And like no context. And so I'm just relying on what I can see inside the preview uh, to help me help give me context. Or I'll ask, I'll ask the director, okay, what are, what are we talking about here? And then, you know, they'll describe it and all that stuff. Yeah. So you and were, that's, you were kind of booking your own stuff. And then, so this I was booking direct, my own stuff for, for the director years. sort of was kind of being kind of a makeshift agent for you, sending you all these gigs. But yeah, when, the, the, the gigs that go through their studio specifically. The, yeah, uh, right. So, so, so it was like he was acting as his own casting director. There you go. And then right. did he did? How did you land an agent then? Ah, because so, because of all this work. Yeah. So oddly enough, that same director, Bob Buckles, God bless him. He uh, hired me to do additional voices on the Final Fantasy VII remake video game. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. I didn't know you were on that game. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like playing that game right now. Are you? Finally. Okay. So I'm like, 15, <laughs> I'm like 15 women in section eight right after the explosion. Yes. And then um, just those an- vo- as you were walking around, as like you're the walking voices. around. Yeah. You hear voices. I'm 15 of those women. And yes. then uh, there's like, a, I don't remember where, I don't remember what part of the game this is, but there is a quest at some point where you're trying to find a bunch of children from an orphanage. Like mm-hmm. they're just like hanging around town and like, you're just supposed to kind of like round them up and then. And then the kids ask you to do something for them. And I'm two of those kids that you have to find uh, okay. a boy Very and a girl. Cool. Cool. I, yeah. I have to ask, are you familiar with the show Haikyuu? Uh, I, I am familiar with it. I have not yet watched it, oh but my I gosh. know it's super popular. That's my, well, that's my, like, I watched that with my daughters oh, and the nice. first two seasons of that are on Netflix and they're mm-hmm. dubbed. Yeah. And then th- all the after is on this uh, Verve or VRV okay, yeah, yeah. network. And so those are subtitled, but we mm-hmm. listen to them in Japanese. And so that's been, I mean, I can do subtitles. It's not a big deal, but like, it's been good for my kids to do that. And it's been really interesting. And so just hearing you talk about the dub process, I, yeah. I, I have kind of a little bit of a frame of reference that because that's <laughs> very current in my life right now. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> but I like, you know, my, they're like, they, they watch, haiku and my hero academia oh i love my hero one. academia yeah. i haven't i haven't gotten into that yet because i'm trying to finish haiku and then we're going to get okay. into my hero academia but like <laughs> i love haiku i love those characters and I, and I love the art and i love the stories and it's it's one of those things i my first reaction is like no 
I'm not, I'm out, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 50 years old. I'm not watching this. And then, I got kind of, like, and then I got sucked into it and I'm like, I just love them all so much. Yeah. So, God, it's one of those like good, look, like that's a good sports anime. Yeah. Mm. and that's they're, they're also watching like a thing called free i think which is about oh the swimming, swimming one mm-hmm. yeah and i i'm kind of like you guys can watch free i'm gonna go do something i want to <laughs> do you know but yeah that that's a whole sports anime that's a whole um uh world of entertainment that i you know i'm now aware exists i guess totally <laughs> and and I'm, frankly i'm just i i like i said i'm not gonna get all the way into it but i really enjoy haikyuu and i just oh, I think good. it's great yeah, there's uh, Netflix has really, really like gone like down the rabbit hole in terms of like picking up anime left and right. So there's a whole bunch that you could like at least try an episode or two of. Sure. Well, I imagine a lot of that. Netflix, a lot, I, and a lot that I'm in. <laughs> I, I imagine for Netflix, that's a pretty good investment. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, and you got to tell me, like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you said Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. That's about where my anime understanding totally. left off. Yeah, yeah. Um, besides a few other, you know, longer, uh, films, but, um, what are you, what have you, what are some of the high, what, like you started Highlights? booking stuff. Yeah. Obviously the video game work is great, but that's yes. kind of feast or famine, but like you start, yeah. you've been making sort of a career out of yes. characters in episodic anime, right? Yeah. Which has been a blessing. So, okay. So to go back, I did final fantasy seven remake. And then from there, um, I got a recommendation from uh, from someone I met on that project to my agent. Like they just directly recommended me to to who is now my agent nice. uh, over at Fox, and uh, and then after signing with Fox, I was able to start getting uh, access to so many more auditions from yeah. so many more studios, and and that like opened it up for me. Yeah. Um, it took a little. It took a little while. Like I think I signed with them in like October of 2019, hmm. and then like I started really booking more consistently probably around April or May and then like and then it just snowballed from there and then around October of 2020 I booked Jujutsu Kaisen which is this anime that's uh it's on Crunchyroll um and it is one of the coolest things I've ever done like that's Mm. that's like the first show this is it was the first anime where I was like one of the like main lead characters so I could really take them through like the whole arc and it was also the first show I'd ever done that was a simul dub so when you do okay so (laughs) up until then I had only done anime that were uh for Netflix that were like bought up by Netflix and usually what happens with Netflix is they they their model is they put all the episodes out at once typically right and so similarly like working up to it they'll dub all the episodes in a whole batch and then give it and give it over to netflix so i'm like just doing it all all at once and so i i I never i would never be able to like watch anything beforehand because it hadn't come out right so a lot of times like you're walking in blind and you don't know what it is you're you're working on exactly Uh and you're just again context clues context clues are so important (laughs) in voiceover um but uh with uh with with crunchyroll shows and and funimation shows are like this too they a lot of them are are simul dubs which means that the the episodes are coming out in the sub version in the original japanese and then like maybe there's just like a four or five week or six week delay before the dub comes out and so for jujutsu kaisen i could watch like the first few episodes even before i did my audition to give me an idea of like oh what is this really about and that really informed like my audition and then even throughout the process uh i 
because I loved the show and I've now read the manga, I'm all caught up and I'm a huge fan of it. I would watch ahead. So I knew what was happening before I had to walk in the studio, you know, mm. or walk into, well, walk into my closet, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so this might be a silly question, but yeah. Regarding like emotion and like you're talking mm-hmm. about your, your cues for voiceover. Do you find that that's just as important in voiceover as it would be like working, uh, on a stage or in a movie like to oh, have to know what the character is what their motive is what they're thinking what their backstory is that's all still very much a part of oh, it a hundred percent absolutely um and then like also and then there's also the added the added technicality of like trying to match like uh like match things physically Mm-hmm. And then also trying to not only match what you think is the emotion of the character, but also trying to honor the emotion that you're hearing from the original actor. Do you know oh, what I mean? Sure. Like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not trying to do a one for one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, I, A, I'm not going to sound exactly like the other actress because mm-hmm. we're two different people. Right. And then B, like, I'm not trying to copy her. this is still my own performance but her Mm. performance has to i this is my approach to it her performance has to inform mine because it's already there and i i I would use all the information i have at my disposal i am super curious then i mean i don't know that i'm not that well versed or know much about the japanese language Mm -hmm. especially uh, hearing it sure Do do you do you have to get some do you have to do some research on intonation and 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 um, uh, any sort of like a vo- vocal range and intention of what you're hearing to kind of to kind of know where the intention is, or it, does it does it translate well from Japanese to English? I I'm thinking of like maybe I'm thinking of of, of Chinese specifically, and I know Ooh, that because they huge, have that all of the I, I just don't know that much about Jap- the Japanese spoken language. Whether that's something that you need to have that understanding. Sure. Well, I mean. I mean, not yes and no. I, in the Japanese language, there's like, they don't do, they don't typically do like stressed syllables the way we do. Mm-hmm. So like that's just listening for that. So everything is going to sound different because they don't, they don't have to honor the stress syllable of every word that comes, you know, through their mouth, the way, the way we do in English. So the because, way they deliver a word can be different. Some- to, to unstress something or to stress something, a syllable that shouldn't be stressed or unstressed sort of throws everything off. And it doesn't yeah. make, it doesn't, that's not an issue when trying to interpret intention in, in spoken Japanese. Uh, not as much. I mean, it's honestly, you're just like, you're like, as far as tone, you're kind of just listening. Like the tone is informing the emotion. It's not so much like, uh, it's not so much as like in Chinese, there is actual like specific, like tones will inform like what the actual word is right that's not exactly like what what you hear in Japanese so like a lot of for me is just like hearing it and like processing the emotion of what I'm hearing yeah and then trying to reinterpret that now how do I say that in English right right Hmm. you know because someone in Japanese uh, when they do like their their like fight line they might be able to go like this like what you hear is something like da 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 but mm-hmm. if you're saying a word that has the stress syllable on the second of four syllables, you can't do the exact same like yeah. cadence, you know, that right, exact same right, run up. Right. And so mm-hmm. just from a really weird technical point of view, like 
it's just a lot of like, well, here's how I would do it. Does so it you, sound right? <laughs> you have to, ma- I mean, what, what I hear you saying is that you want to, like you said earlier, that you wanted to, you want to honor their performance, mm-hmm. but not sort of uh, mimic their their execution of the line yes because you can't because uh, if you tried to mimic the execution of the line in english you would sound insane <laughs> <laughs> and you'd you be would, out of work yeah, yeah and you'd be out of work <laughs> <laughs> so how does um I, well i'm just gonna jump right into genshin yeah. impact please do how like how much how many hours i guess of dialogue do you record for that for that game, oh shoot, I'm on the I'm on a different computer, so I don't even have my scripts on this computer. Uh, gosh, well, round numbers. Sure, I mean, like I would do this mostly in four hour sessions, and I think I had uh, four or five or six. I mean, I probably worked like a solid like 15, 20 some hours on that on that game. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna keep. Uh... So, like, are you record because? Uh... I mean, I've watched it, but I haven't listened to a lot of it because they my uh-huh. daughters usually have headphones on when they're playing it. Yeah. So I know that there's um do you oh, record more, like say like a hundred lines or a hundred oh, expressions or I had a I had hundreds of lines. Okay. Uh All yeah, right. because well, because my character and specifically because my character was uh, featured featured fairly prominently in well, yeah, in, she's in she's the, the new hype. Line. She's the new hype. She featured fairly prominently in the storyline of of this new update. These new sure. updates that came out, the last uh-huh. two updates. Uh, so you had stuff of her that's in the story, and then you and then I also had to do stuff for her that's as the playable character because she became a playable character. So I had to do a whole set of like battle dialogue, sure. and efforts, and all that stuff. And then um, also in Genshin Impact, there's this like fun section where like in the character screen you can see like this set of like um voiceover dialogue that gets played randomly throughout the game as your character is like running around the world doing stuff so i do all that set too and then there's another set this game has so many like interesting like side things that you can do like there's a teapot thing that you can set up and you can like put your put your characters in the teapot to hang out in the teapot and if you put my character in the teapot depending on where you are in the game, like how far the story you are, how far through the story you are, you will hear different things. And mm. also depending on how much you use her, that's the other thing. If you keep using a character so long, you unlock certain things uh, for them. And so then you'll also hear more things from my character. My character also is unique in that there's a, kind of like two sides to her uh, to not go into uh, spoiler territory. Sure. So there's like right. aspects of her that are uh, that I had to record separately that are very interesting that uh, the world doesn't know about yet no most people do know about it but like you know i don't want to like spoil it for anyone uh, if you, they if they haven't yet played through the whole thing we're just trying to get you to break an nda i know you know i can't i'm so sorry i cannot break ndas yeah, uh, no, we have a hard rule in my house no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers That's very good it's- it's people tough. love to just sabotage people's experience by oh saying- my goodness i was i was in i was streaming last night so i also concurrent with all this genshin impact stuff i started a, a twitch channel uh yeah. I've been streaming playing through uh all this content and also, oh really yeah and i've also been streaming as i like roll for my own character <laughs> nice um, so you twitch you broadcast you stream on twitch you yes. playing your character oh yes. wow 
Well, you, my do your videos stay up? Because I want to watch them. Oh, like, yeah. I'm, yeah. You can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Angie Yatko. Okay. Yeah. Well, wait. Uh, yeah. And well, I mean, you're going to spoil yourself on the story because I played through the story last night. And I kid you not, some little jerk in my chat like spoiled the next part of the story right as oh. I was about to get to it. And I was like, dude, dude. I haven't played through it. Don't spoil it for me. <laughs> He spoiled it for the person that did the voiceover of the game that you're currently God, playing. That's yeah, that's how, so rude. That sucks. Rude. So then did we had you to kick him out of the chat. I think someone kicked him out of the chat, or we just threw it to emotes only chat, so then no one uh, could say anything unless they were a mod. Wow. Gotcha. So do yeah. you have somebody moderating your? I, I currently have two two wonderful mods. They are super helpful. <laughs> Jasmine yeah, and Mori, I love them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I yeah, I can't wait to watch you. Uh, play you you i actually haven't i haven't done a whole lot of playing as me because i oh. am currently building my character okay. so okay. i have to level her up so that she can play at the level that all the rest of the world is in my in my game so like all the all the enemies are at like i don't know 75 80 something like that and currently red and shogun in my in my group is like 65 i think that's the level i have her at so okay so she wouldn't make it <laughs> It, it seems like to me from the outside that this is a really good gig. It's a cool gig. I honestly, I love it. And I can't believe that I, I I'm very blessed and I cannot believe that I get to do the thing that I love the most, which is a acting mm -hmm. and B like getting to do these like outlandish characters that I would never be able to get to do on camera. Not that mm -hmm. I don't like doing like acting on camera, but I get to play roles that I would never be considered for, uh, on camera right well and you can do it from the comfort of your own home and i can pandemic. do it from the comfort of my own home during the pandemic like that's yeah. pretty pandemic proof work yes oh thank goodness <laughs> yeah do you think do you, do you think that is there a, is there a desire or a craving to go back to studios i mean for uh, this kind of work because I mean, I, yes. I've, I've been in the booth before and it's really nice to get to go in and have that experience, but I feel like have we all learned that that have studios learned or, or production companies learned that that's just too expensive. We can get somebody a decent mic at their house and put them in their closet. Is it, do you think uh, it'll come back to more in person? No, it is. It is going back to more in person because here's, here's the thing. Not every voice actor who has like a nice microphone and a nice preamp. Okay. A, not every voice actor has a, a good microphone and preamp and sound treated space. Like those yeah. are three very important things, right? And then even then, not every voice actor who has that is a great engineer for themselves. Right. Like I will tell you, I'm not the best engineer for myself at all. I, uh, you know, I try to like ride my game, but you know, I, I'm gonna mess up all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and not and being able to go into a studio and have someone think about that for you and mm -hmm. then make, and, to, and then to know that you are recording on like a very good microphone with a good setup and a definitely much more sound treated space than I have at my house. Mm -hmm. That, that makes me feel so much better. I'm glad that we can do what we yeah. do uh, as much as we, as much as we can during the pandemic from home. Like I'm, I'm blessed that I can do that. But when the few times that I have been able to go into the studio, I've really relished it because it takes the weight off of me. Yeah. You get to just kind of show up and be the talent. Mm -hmm. and do the work and not have yeah. to worry about all the other technical stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like one time I, one time I was recording on my end, a backup. So a lot of record remote recording is done 
on different programs, uh, a very popular one is called Source Connect, which allows you to connect with their studio and they can they can record on their end through that uh, connection right. rather than you recording on your end and then sending it to them. Right. But sometimes I'll they'll ask me to record on my end as well, a backup. And one time I recorded the backup and then I stupidly saved it as an MP3 instead of a WAV file. Whoops. And I was like, oh no, have I messed this up? And they're like, oh no, no, it's fine. We have, we have the master, just send it. It doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, mm. great. <sighs> but like right. that kind of thing, like I, I would, I would die if I messed that up. Right. And it's better to, it's better to be surrounded by the pros that know how to do mm-hmm. that technical work so that you, that you can just, yeah, to have yeah. to worry about that. My very first session in the pandemic was a commercial and it was my first time using Source Connect and the program wouldn't work for me properly. Like I couldn't figure it out. And it was like, it was dragging up a wall. And then like, I had to call my husband to, to like, you know, for, you know, from the living room to help me figure it out. <laughs> but like, we ended up having to like pull out a second computer and lo- like mount the software onto the second computer. And then like, you know, do all this stuff just to do like a 30 second commercial. And I was like, mm. this is insane <laughs> if this is how it's gonna be i need to find something else <laughs> yeah but luckily i made it work I, I figured it out and now i know how to use source connect much better oh nice so what are you what are you doing right now like what are you working on now that you can talk about uh yeah so let's see i've i've long since finished get like recording for genshin i'm currently recording uh, a couple of anime shows one is called to your eternity and that's on Crunchyroll, and it's it's an excellent show it's very like, it's got a lot of like heart and like, philosophy behind it. Hmm. Uh, the logline is like uh, uh, this like kind of alien being creates an orb and sends it to earth to learn. Hmm. And the way it learns is it comes in contact with things. And when it experiences some sort of trauma or loss, it learns and it can take on that form. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like the show is, is, is very much about loss. Mm. and <laughs> right this, loss you know, and grief and loss and trauma. grief yeah. yeah but it's it's a beautiful show and I'm, I'm really lucky to play a, a character in it I'm this little girl named Tonari and she's 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 a little shit <laughs> 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 and then I'm um, also on this other show called uh I'm st- uh, standing on a million lives that's also on on Crunchyroll um and I played a couple of like side characters on that which is cool <laughs> very cool yeah. Um, and I just, I just got, I'm just really proud of you and I'm really stoked for you. Like, oh my gosh. Thank you, Joel. It's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's so, it's so beautiful to watch uh, friends of yours succeed and like ha- find this cool career. And I just couldn't be more happy for you. <laughs> it's, I am just so proud. Like, I just, I think back to like, you know, Fran's acting class or oh, Heather's man. yoga class. Oh, or... Heather's yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, you know, commiserating with you and and yes. and, and walking around the halls of Cal Arts. And I'm just <laughs> it's it's an honor to get to see you uh really take off. Like you're 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 in this really electric moment and I'm really stoked for you. Thank you. Thank you. I yeah, I am. I am riding this wave. I'm riding this wave with the uh... riding the game. <laughs> yep. Holding on for dear life. You guys, <laughs> it sounds to me like you're killing it. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> you really are. And uh, we're very proud of you. Um, 
we're getting close to our hour ish mark we try to keep it close to that but before mm-hmm. we do that um so i always like questions i got the lightning round sorry right, let's do it i'm just like i'm curious as to i'm always curious about what uh, our guests are listening to currently like what are you oh. cons- what are you taking in now i think in the past i've kind of limited it to music but i I realized that if, if somebody were to ask me what I'm listening to, it would be an audiobook, a podcast, you know, some music, yeah. some, some things on the radio. Like, what do you, what do you take in, in between your ears? Like, what are you listening to right now? Oh yeah. So what am I listening to right now? I honestly, I'm trying to work my way through Deanna's podcast currently. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to <laughs> check hers out. Yeah. Periodic talks, which is, it's really fun. And like, I think she and, and Gillian Jacobs have like such wonderful banter and like the topics are so interesting Yeah, and they fill my nerd heart with glee. What's the title <laughs> of that again? Periodic talks. Okay. Periodic talks. Periodic yeah. Talks. All right. And then uh, honestly, like I, I've been just, Anytime I'm, I'm looking for music, I usually just put on a K-pop station for comfort. <laughs> it's your guilty pleasure. It's my guilty pleasure. Just some, some light, some light K-pop. Nice. My, yeah. uh, there... oldest, my oldest daughter is all about BTS right now. Oh, BTS. Oh She's yeah. They're butter, great. Butter. It's all butter all the time. Oh, it's a really butter? good song. It's a great song. Actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about K-pop to be honest. It's real I, fun. I, I know. Yeah, okay. It's fun. Yeah, Here we go. That's cool. I guess I'll listen to that. Yeah. What are you what, what are you reading? What do you what do you what are your what are your all times or like oh, what are, what are you taking times? in right now that's like really blowing your mind? Uh let's see. What have I read? Uh you know, there's this manga that uh, I need to reread it because I just I just got some new uh some new volumes in, but there's this really beautiful manga that I read recently called Witch Hat Atelier. And right. like it's it's the author's name is I'm gonna butcher it. I think it, uh, shoot, I mean, let me look it up right now as I'm talking about, I'm going to describe it to you. So, uh, Witch Hat Atelier is about this like little girl who just, just desperately wants to become a witch. And she finds like this like magic book and she accidentally, like she, she tries to make a spell and something terrible happens. And now she has to like go fix it. And now she's forced to become a witch basically. Mm. Um, and she like kind of gets dumped into this world of like magic, but like the, the line art is gorgeous. Mm. It's, it's everything is drawn so preciously and uh, the detail is outstanding. It's written by Kamome Shirahama. And uh, just if you, if you like manga, that's like just really beautiful to look at like that, I would highly recommend it. Cool. Thank you. And like yeah, the, thanks. yeah. And like the, the little like world of magic that they're creating. I'm only a couple of volumes in is like really neat and really interesting. I can't wait. Thank you for like sharing some cool stuff that I, the, a oh, yeah. world that I don't know a lot about and I'm excited <laughs> to check it out. And I, Yay! I highly take your recommendations and Yako. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's been a genuine delight meeting you and uh, best same. of luck to you and your, in uh, your uh, blooming career. It's, thank you so much. <laughs> how do people, how do people find you and like, what are your socials? How can oh. people connect with you? Yes. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Twitch. I use the exact same handle in all these places. Ann J Yatko, A N N E J Y A T C O. You see, Joel, that's how you do that. That's, I know, I know, Steve. (laughs) We struggle in the branding department a little bit. Because what I set up, I set up the Instagram before we even recorded one episode. So the the title is a little different, but now I. (laughs) 
they won't let you change it. And there's too many letters. I actually tried to, I actually accidentally hooked up the, the show's podcast handle to my personal Facebook and it was oh, all no. wonky. <laughs> I need a, I need a manager. We need help. We, we need, need help. help. Oh no. <laughs> It's good to be in the presence of such a pro and where all of your oh. handles are streamlined together. So thank you. Well Honestly, done. it was because I didn't want to have to think that hard about it. And now it has paid off. Efficiency. Yeah, right? It works. Yep. It works. Um, and thank you so, so much for being on the pod with us. Um, what a joy. I'm just like beaming. I'm just like, Aww. it's so cool to get to connect with you again. And I'm really proud of you. And um, yeah, all the best. Gosh, thank you so much, guys. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Sarah. To the men now